0: Now, I've got a question for you, Justin. Justin Makovich, are you a road tripper?
1: Oh, my God, yeah. I love me driving in a car.
0: Okay. L- like, with people, right? Not just solo?
1: I mean, I could do both. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. like, I think driving with someone is better because I'm less likely to fall asleep.
0: <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say that Just, it's good to have company. But <laughs> no, it's, it's more about the sleep.
1: True. Yeah, because you can't go as
0: far. Well, so, okay, so... This is like the third or fourth time in a row that this has happened to me where people have suggested, "Hey, we should go to this place," or I have been like, "Hey, we should go to this place." And then I got in the car, put the, put the map on and was like expecting it to be a pretty quick drive. And then it's like, w- w- "What?" <laughs> so, on a Friday, I went to Fort Wayne, Indiana. To go to Sweetwater Music Store. Okay. Um,
1: uh, a single. Uh, okay. For. Okay. Stop. So you went to yes. Fort Wayne to go to a single store.
0: Sweetwater is like a huge music retailer. Oh. Okay. Um, okay. it's it's like a destination. Like it's, it is a place to go. It's not just like you're going to a guitar center. It's Got like. It. It. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, go to Frugal Muse. <laughs> I'll drive. Right. It, precisely. <laughs> right. Like no, it's it's like a destination to go. Got it. Uh. And I was like, yeah, Fort Wayne, Indiana, sure. What's that, like a tight 90 minutes? Um, Fort Wayne is on the border of Indiana and Ohio. Yeah, yeah. It's- so I got in the car with my friends, and they pulled up the map, and it was like, we were leaving at 8, and so I was like, yeah, I'll be there, you know, nine thirty, ten o'clock. No, it's it's a three-hour drive. Um so that is like the fourth time in a row that's happened to me. I thought Cincinnati was a three hour drive. That's like a five, five and a half. I thought Elaine and I, we did this murder mystery in Ohio. And I was like, it's Ohio. What's it like a three hour drive? So it was on the border of West Virginia. Oh, so no. it was an eight hour drive.
1: I, I just think your bane, the bane of your existence seems to be Ohio at this point. Like- I guess
0: <laughs> just these Midwestern states are fucking me up. Yeah. Like I, and here's the thing, like it's all on me. You know, like like this is one hundred percent my fault. I've, I did that to me. You well, know, were you
1: the only one in the car who was like a little bit hesitant about this drive? Like, if with it being three hours, or was everyone else like, yeah, of course?
0: No, no, I, not. I wasn't hesitant. I just was surprised. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> and they they had all been to Sweetwater before. Got that was it. my first time traveling to to the homeland. Um, but like Fort Wayne, or, the homeland. Well, Sweetwater, the homeland. <laughs> um. But yeah, I like I, I sat down and I was like, oh, what
1: did you, you <laughs> like, need, did you bring a switch at least?
0: No, I've realized uh, as I have I, I hate saying like as I've gotten older because it makes it sound like I'm older. I guess I'm going to be 25 this year. What I'm trying to say is I have found as I have gotten older that I get this thing where like my when I'm in a car, like my my brain will turn into mush and I'm going to like I start start getting that like car sickness Oh, okay, okay,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm
0: not sitting, looking ahead, so like if I'm on my phone, like instantly it just like goes. So like a switch is is kind of a no no go for me. Okay, yeah, weirdly enough, doesn't happen anywhere else. Like planes, trains, nothing. I am
1: like that with two things. uh, With uh, driving, I can't. I can't like look at a device when I'm driving. The thought of reading Mm -hmm. anything when driving is, no. is sickening even if i'm like looking outside and reading stuff i have to like refocus myself um and yeah. roller coasters and roller coasters really really mess me up i guess tire swings too but i'm gonna put that under the same category as as a roller coaster uh with me getting a little motion sicky with that um so and you, I, just,
0: you just yeah you just don't feel well
1: oh yeah i get i get i get like the need and urge to throw up um if oh. i do it enough um and like I think one of the things I don't like roller coasters. I don't know what your roller coaster stance is. I don't like them. Um, big but I think, I think part of it is I'm always apprehensive about them. Cause not only do you have the apprehension of like, you know, hurtling your body at like a hundred miles an hour. Um, yep. but it's also like, I could throw up after this one. I don't know if this is going to be the roller coaster that does it or the next <laughs> sure. one I ride that's going to do sure. it. So between those two things, I just don't need to do them.
0: I'm a, I'm a very, very big roller coaster fan. Um, but, uh, I, I'll make sure not to invite you the next time I go to Six Flags.
1: Okay, cool. I, I mean, I'd probably go. I'd be, the, I'd be that one of it to be like, all right, I'll wait down here with your
0: stuff, and oh, I'll Oh, see, sit there. like that's the thing. If you're cool with that, then, yeah, you get, you'll get. you get that. And invite, if it's a really busy know.
1: day, I'll be sitting outside. I could bring my Switch. I'll sit down, play it, hold your coat.
0: It'll be great. That's true. That's actually a very good point, Justin. Not bad. You, you'd be like the backpack guy with all the water bottles and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the mom of the group, truly, truly. Hey. Um... We did. Uh, Sometimes, yeah. What's that?
1: Claire and I have been talking about, like, you know, there's certain things that you do with your kids. Um, who's gonna take our kids to a, a, a roller coaster? Like, what if our kid is like an avid roller coaster fan, and then both is of us are like, "Oh person? no, no, we're in the same, we're in the same boat with that." Like, what are we gonna do with with our kid? Are we just gonna like, you got it? Yeah, I'll do it. All right, I'll take um, a
0: kid to the roller coasters, dude.
1: Uncle Peter's got it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll be the fun one. I'll be the fun one. This is the fun one. It's in box. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Hitbox episode number one hundred nineteen. My name is Peter Spitek, the Roller Coaster Boy. The uh, ba- I was gonna like try and like you're the I Roller Coaster myself- Boy.
1: I'm the Barf the, Bag.
0: I, I was gonna say, oh, that's actually good. The so Roller Coaster go. Boy in the Barf Bag. Yeah, that's our that's um, our superhero
1: <laughs> sidekick combo.
0: <laughs> Gross. <laughs> um, that, the voice you've heard here is uh, the one and only Justin Makovich. How are you doing, my friend, Justin? On doing go- good it's to the I am we're,
1: we're past sweater weather um we are mm-hmm. now into heated vest season um, which lasts pretty much if you live in Chicago from now until uh, I don't know August
0: April <laughs> yeah wait what is heated vest you don't what know about heated, heated vest?
1: technology so like it is like basically a vest that you put on that has like lined with wires probably great for my body um, and then you put like an external battery in it and it heats yourself just by like pressing a button on your on your vest so wherever you go you get a little warmth of heat so like if i'm taking the dog out i'll just press that put like two or three layers of clothing over it and then go outside and like deep down you just feel this nice warm feeling on your body it's pretty cool
0: i'm glad that's you i'm glad you have that i am not a cold person i run hot all the time this is true i the heat in this apartment's really bad it's like it's like space heater heat it's like really gross it smells bad. It makes my stomach, it kind of upsets my stomach. So I closed all the vents in my room and I've been cracking my window open at night. <laughs> and then, is, is, not, is. not for long, like not when I go to sleep, but it'll be like for like the 15 minutes before I go to bed, I just need to like cool my room down. <laughs>
1: I have this image um, of of Josh listening to this
0: and being like, I thought it was cold in this place. I kept putting the heat up. This is well, first. He's, he's a cold body, too. Yeah. So like, so he's not. Yes, yeah, so I don't tell him I said that. Uh, no, but no, also, again, yeah. it, I'm not keeping it open for like hours. It's right. like just to cool my room down right before I go to bed. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, it makes sense. So, and then we so, do. We, t- we turn the heat off at night, though. So we do wake up and it's like 55 degrees. So
1: like year. when you walk outside right now, are you happy with it being this cold out? Yeah. Like, is this like yeah. your home? Oh, my God peter i i don't know how that happens like i am i for this has actually probably been about month two of me putting on multiple layers in the morning just like as many as i can put on and i used to like be like okay this is like a a medium coat weather no it's just like i put on two two under layers and then my big puffy winter coat no questions asked every time i go out
0: i I think my winter coats are what most people would call like call like medium coats (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, like a, Obviously, like I'm putting on a winter coat. It's like a windbreaker. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it is the season. I'm drinking the nog. Thanksgiving's coming up. It's going to be a good time. Uh, you know what else is coming up, Justin? The news. Ooh. We're going to talk about a handful of things. Uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet and their messy launch. Sonic creator Yuji Naka has been taken into custody in Japan. And Xbox says that the Activision Blizzard deal wasn't Call of Duty. We're gonna talk about all that and more. Before we do, I wanna remind you to join us on Patreon. Apparently, Twitter's gonna be dead <laughs> soon, I hope. Please. Uh it seems like it's it's going in the gutter. Join us on Discord. We're like 12 strong. I want your five word or your, your seven word reviews. I want them. Are there any new ones? I don't think so. Um let me look, let me look, let me look, let me look. Seven word reviews. I did Sonic Frontiers. Oh good. Big the cat is here. <laughs> um if you're if you're listening to this and you've got a great review of a video game you just played or maybe just remember and love go ahead and throw that in there um link to that's in the description you can also support us on patreon patreon.com slash hitbox pod become a one dollar podcast producer get your name read in the show name in the description of the episode uh, or become a three dollar deluxe patreon producer podcast producer excuse me like dave parker like jay Noel. Get that name in the show in the episode description and also an extra 30 minute bonus episode every single week on Wednesday, same time that the regular scheduled free hitbox episode goes live. Follow us on Twitter, Hitbox Pod, if Twitter even exists by the time you're hearing this. I, I, um, I felt like it was like you know. an
1: election day when like people were like saying like Twitter's gonna go down when like all those employees like put outside the Twitter headquarters yeah, all those comments yeah. about Elon. I kept checking every like turn of the hour. I'm like, is this the hour that it's gonna shut down? Is this the hour that it's gonna shut down? I wanted to see something happen.
0: Agreed. Uh yeah, I that's good. I mean, like, even if it doesn't, it is so fucked up beyond well, anything I mean, now. If all, fa- the, all the comments are loading above the tweets now that I, <laughs> that I found.
1: Um, but if um, Facebook and Instagram have survived Mark Zuckerbergers, like, I, I think Twitter can survive Elon Musk. Because I don't know, honestly, what I'd do for, like, keeping updated on the world if it wasn't for Twitter.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I truly don't know. I think... Nah, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Uh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. We'll find something. What I'm trying else. to say is if if the if Twitter is gone by the time you're hearing this, uh, just hop in on Discord and I think we'll be a little bit more uh we'll, we'll have more things to say there, I think, than 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 that. But um yeah, there you go. Before we before we get to the news though, Justin, you uh, wanna hop over to the Metacritic Roundup? Let's do it! Metacritic round. Today in the Metacritic roundup we've got we've got two things. I want to lead with the smaller thing so that we can. Pokemon
1: is that the smaller a, thing? Uh, no.
0: So <laughs> that we can have a longer discussion about Pokemon in a second here. Um, Justin, the Devil in Me—that is the final episode in Dark Picture, the Dark Pictures Anthology Season One, which is what they're calling it—has um, a 72 on PC has a 73 on ps5 and is unscored on the xbox family of consoles i have played the devil in me i reviewed it for game skinny that review isn't up yet but should be going up probably by the time this is out uh i played through the whole thing and justin i want you to guess what i gave this out of 10 six how confident are you in that
1: I'm so confident that I would um, I would say that I'm confident in it.
0: <laughs> and, and, you know, Justin, I love the way you said that. Um, but no, unfortunately, I gave this a three. Oh, my
1: God. Oh, my God. I would have never <laughs> guessed that. OK, Jesus I Christ. I hate so, this. OK, OK. Well, so there's a lot to unpack here. So, oh, my God. So you gave it. You gave it a three, which is below three the user ten. score. Um yep. the Metacritic score, um the games like uh let's see, Game Rant gave it an eighty, um yep. saying the dark pictures, the devil in me packages in enigmatic killer in an enigmatic killer. Words are tough. Uh, stories it. of true crime, the spectacle of horror movies, and a group of shy misfits and powerful personalities into a plot that feels deserving of its own big-budget film. It'll leave players <laughs> questioning everything they know about the killer and each other and yearning to dive in once again to see other endings, discover more secrets, and try to save everyone. And then we have websites. Let's see Let's see the the full critic review here. The lowest critic review um, is a uh, Shaq News. Uh, yeah, that I says, gave it a five as well. Oh, okay, maybe they went for the IGN Spain gave it an 80. Um, Let let me look, look quickly at the PC version. Maybe that's where the IGN review is here. Yeah, okay, so IGN gave it a 5 out of 10, and they said, The Devil in Me's Twisted Murder Castle setting provides the literal foundations for what could have been an exciting horror adventure, but pacing problems in an insipid group of potential victims makes for a slaycation that's low in stakes and lacking in any substantial thrills or hand-wringing decisions to make. Peter? Yeah? Why did you give it a 3?
0: I worry that our listeners are like, oh, this guy hates everything. Because recently, I feel like over the past five weeks, video games, like, my relationship with video games has just been, like, tenuous. We've been fighting a lot. I think it's ever since fucking Gotham Knights came out. No, Scorn. <laughs> it's been since Scorn. But, like, I've been playing all these games for work that have just sucked. And I'm so mad because I'm missing the good stuff. I I, I played maybe 20 minutes of Pentiment before I had to go to bed. Like, <laughs> like five days ago. And I was so mad because I was, like, reading it and I was, like, getting so into it. And, like, I want to play that but I don't know if I can. <laughs> and I'm playing p- fucking Pokemon too, which we'll talk about in a minute. But like <laughs> Okay, so oh gosh. I love Until Dawn and I really liked The Quarry. And I feel like the Dark Pictures Anthology has taken some pretty big swings in terms of breaking the mold of the usual of like the the thing that Until Dawn and The Quarry did, which was like classic teenagers in a horror movie right the uh until dawn is kind of like a slasher movie um and then which uh, gets some cool twists in it and then uh the quarry what do they call it there's like a there's like a good like line where someone says it's not a it's not a thriller it's a creature feature like (laughs) that's a great it's a great like monster movie you know what i mean The dark pictures anthology has not been any of those like really well-defined, like horror, like genre tropes. Right. It's been it's been taking some pretty big swings. This one is about a group of a documentary film like studio that makes like true crime stuff. Just like just like the cheesiest, like most like exploitive true crime stuff. And they're making a documentary on H.H. Holmes, who was a serial killer in the in Chicago, I think, in the late 1800s. And basically, they get an invitation from someone who has made a perfect recreation of the H.H. H. Holmes murder castle because H.H. Holmes apparently ran a hotel, which is why, how he found his victims and, and was able to like capture them and stuff like that. So basically, they're invited to a, um, uh, like a perfect recreation of his house and. The, peep, the the host of this place is nowhere to be found after they show them around initially. And um, the, the waitstaff of the hotel is all like animatronic robots. And then someone wearing like a big H.H. Holmes mask and outfit comes and tries to murder the whole, the whole crew. And that's what the game is. It's just trying to escape that, the house. It's fucking nonsensical. The characters are just... Terrible. The acting is really, really stiff and dry. I think it's the worst looking of these games, like in terms of the facial capture, in terms of the environments. Um, basically, what ha- a, what happens in every single scene is you bumble around some rooms of the hotel, picking up random documents and and stuff like that. Uh, and then when you go to leave that particular space, you get a little cutscene of the characters like opening the door. And walking through. And then the camera lingers on the empty room. And then the murderer, H.H. Holmes guy, steps in. Being like, oh, he's following them. He's so close. And then you get a scene with eight jump scares in it. Where it's just a chase scene between H.H. Holmes walking very slowly towards them with a big knife or like an axe or something. And then they escape or they don't depending on either the quick time events or where they need the story to go. And then it all just starts up again. And this HH Holmes murderer guy comes back with such like predictable consistency that it is fucking hysterical. Like towards the end of this game, him showing up, he's in like nine different places at once. And I'm not like, I I don't want to spoil this game because I know people like this, but there is nothing going for this game in terms of a narrative there like like there's all of these questions that the characters start raising about like what's actually going on and I'm not going to tell you what's actually going on but the because I don't want to spoil it because it's a new game and whatever but the answer is like the answers are so profoundly uninteresting and so profoundly like disappointing that I'm kind of like why would anyone ever even it was it was a waste of time it was a waste of time it's just jump scares which are effective but it's not scary, right? Like, like there's a single scene in this game that I think is scary. Um, and, and it's it's where you are play as, like, the audio person in this, like, little TV crew. And you um, put, like, your headphones on and you're, you pick up your microphone and you're like, hold on a second. I hear someone screaming in the distance. And so you're walking the halls of this hotel. All the lights go out and you're just walking around. The only, like, light you have is from, like, the screen on your little camera thing. And you're just listening in intently for the microphone. And then as soon as like the shoe drops, then it's just this stupid, like these stupid chase scenes. I don't know. I I thought this was just a completely uninteresting, unfun experience. It's the sort of thing where you, you know, you're supposed to play these games multiple times in order to get new endings and see different scenes and stuff. But I truly don't like they only had one scene in this whole game that I experienced. And it was just this like boring chase scene. So I don't know what playing it again would do to like what new outcomes I would find or whatever. You know what I'm saying? You play the other Dark Pictures games, correct? Play them all. Play them all.
1: And where does this stack up amongst those?
0: It's the worst. It's the weakest of them all. And they all sucked. I mean, like, OK, I thought Little Hope was OK. Uh, it has a a last minute twist that just makes it so stupid. Um, but I, I thought that up until this point, I thought Man of Medan, the first one, was the weakest one. Um, cause it was just like a ran- a bu- an assortment of random horror elements, like just like very loosely thrown together. Um, and dark, I thought, uh, a uh, little hope was okay. And then I didn't even finish the the most recent one house of ashes. Uh, and then I, I played this one. So,
1: um, and why is this one like in, in terms of like a three out of 10 that, that hits to me, like there's something exceptionally wrong with the game why is this one the worst of all of those
0: um because like i said the the, it's all just the same chase scene over and over and over again it's the same like basically you're, you're going to a handful of different environments but they're all they're all the same like it's all white noise and and when the guy shows up and every single time he shows up they keep like the background sounds really quiet so that the jump scare sounds can be really loud. It's just fucking white noise at this point. And he shows up and it's not scary because you just assume that he's going to be there because he's in every single scene, you know? Um, the acting, like I said, is really stiff and flat and the facial capture is really fucking bad. Like their eyes are like, I don't know. I, I feel like the quarry you could pa- like the animations weren't always good, but I think you could pause that game at pretty much any t- moment and, and, you could make an argument like, Oh, it looks like a movie. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, you're doing a face about like their, their, their facial movements and stuff. And like I said, I don't think the animations are totally there, but like the eyes in, in the devil in me, like are just flat and they're not focused or looking at anything. So they're so anytime a character moves their head, the eyes are just directly in front of them. So like, when they'll be talking, the you know the the actor that was like doing the motion capture, you know, moves their head a little bit or whatever, but the eyes are just these like lifeless things. Just, I, I know that's like such a small point, but this is the thing that this game like lives and dies on is the performances and the story. And there's nothing to the story. Like I said, the resolution is fucking awful. Um, the characters are un- uninteresting. The performances are bad. The game like. I don't know. I wrote this in my review and it feels like this game was written by like three people who didn't read the <laughs> scenes that they didn't write. So like, so for example, this is really early on. Two characters are talking about another character uh, and, and they're speaking very un- unkindly about them. And then that other, that third, the person that they're talking about reveals themselves and reveals like, oh, I heard all that you said. and And he yells at them and then he's like, we're going to dinner. Like, come meet us when you guys are ready. Like, it's very clear. Like, he came out, he yelled at them, said like, fuck you guys, you guys suck. Thanks for like having my back, you know? And, and it's one of those moments where like you can either have his back or not. Um, and then he, he you go to dinner. And so like the next scene is you guys at dinner. You had just had this, this interaction with him. And then out loud, the two characters, when they're sitting at dinner, are talking to each other, wondering if that third person, if they think that that third person heard what they said all the negative stuff they said and it like the answer is like yeah he talked to you about. <laughs> like i don't like like yeah it, yeah it's, just it's,
1: obvious. it's not even yeah.
0: right it's not even one of those things where like you you know how like in, in a lot of these choice choices matter games like you can sort of see the seams of them like because they have to like While your decisions can impact the story like a lot of the scenes need to start and end a specific way and so that sometimes causes like characters to not act the way that maybe they are supposed to based on your choices and stuff like that it wasn't anything like that it was just straight up like this is an error like like the whoever wrote this scene didn't know that in the last scene that that happened. And, and that's not the only example of that. It's just like a really, really solid example of it. It is not a game that I think you can get invested in in any of these characters because they all suck. They're not like, they're shallow. They're not like interesting. They, they aren't likable. They're like profoundly unlikable. I wrote in the review that like, they're so unlikable that anytime any of them die, it's like a little victory. Because it just means they, they're gonna shut the fuck up.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> That's I the <laughs> hated this game. I
0: hated this game, and it's disappointing because, like, I love the quarry. I love until dawn. Like, I'm in their corner. It's just that, like, it's so bad. They added this like improved like traversal abilities, so now you can like climb over like desks or like crawl under a thing and first of all anytime you crawl under something it's like okay get ready for the jump scare in the same way that like anytime you like god of war style squeeze through a wall in a horror game it's like well, get ready for the fucking jump scare that's about to happen at the end of this like but but that like mobility stuff is in service of nothing like there's like small little environmental like i'm gonna put the most massive air quotes i can around puzzles there are like It's all on service of nothing. You have a little, each character has an inventory of like a handful of items that they would have in their pockets or stuff, which is like a cool idea, right? These different characters are going to have different things on them, but it's basically just a glorified version of like, what flashlight do you have? So like one character has a lighter. One character just straight up has a flashlight. One character is using his camera flash as the flashlight, which is a cool idea, but it doesn't go like, like nothing happens with any of that. One character has a camera, that I fucking do not know what is for, it it doesn't work. Uh, it, basically, you pull out the camera and like it's, the game tells you like, oh, when the lens turns green when you're looking through the camera lens, like that's that's a an important thing to take a picture of. And so I was starting to think like, oh, maybe like because later in the game they they say like, make sure you're taking pictures and, and and recording the things that are happening so that we can show it to the cops. And I was like, oh, that'll be kind of cool. Like the pictures that you take uh, are, are going to be used as evidence, you know, against against at the very end of this game. Nope, it's just. I, I don't know what it's for. It doesn't work very well. You can't really move the camera. It's like zoomed in way too far. It's, oh my gosh. I I was so disappointed in this game. Yeah,
1: yeah. anyway. So this was the, you said, the last and the first chapter of Dark Pictures Anthology? This was the end of season one. Season one. So season two is coming out. What do they they need to do to fix this series?
0: Um... So what, something I think that really works about Until Dawn and The Quarry is that the main characters are teenagers. So I think I am much more willing to forgive cringy dialogue because I can, I can ratchet it up to being like, oh, it's intentionally cringy because it's teenagers, you know? Or also like, oh, it's intentionally cringy because it's part of this genre, right? This like slasher genre, like these are cringy movies. Uh, also, I'm, I'm willing to forgive like When characters are fucking stupid, like because they're kids, right? Like kids in a terrifying situation. Yeah, they're gonna be really dumb because they're kids. Whereas when I'm looking at like grown ass adults, be like, okay, we should not split up, but we are all gonna go to our individual hotel rooms to pack our bags to leave. Like fucking come on, like you know what I mean? Like I I don't. What I'm trying to say is they need to figure a way, figure out a way to make these. bad situations happen without all of the characters convincing me that they are grade a dipshits like, <laughs> because that's like, I just don't feel any connection to these people because it's like, Oh, you guys are like not acting like human beings who are rational and like care about your lives and are worried about being murdered. Um, so I just think having smarter writing would, would do that a lot better. Um, and then also making the choices like, the main part of the game. That's what these games hang their hats on, right? The, like the choice making and stuff. I think I made like four or five deliberate choices in this last game. The rest of the, the rest of those choice moments are either just happen in dialogue. There was one whole choice thread. It's called a bearing that just happens because I was just in the scenes and I learned information and it never came up again. It was just like this happened and then this happened and then this happened. And it's like, I know I was there, I was playing the game, but that's not a choice that, that the main, that the, the curator of the hotel told me this, this piece of information. It wasn't like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, yeah. it wasn't a choice of something I learned or like I found an item that like, not like I found a battle ax or something like that to defend myself. It was like, Oh, I found a recording of someone talking. And then that ultimately led to a choice. But me finding that wasn't a choice. It it, it just like the actual choose your own adventure part of this was just so backline that like, I just didn't feel like I was personally invested in any of this. And it was just all things happening to the characters that I was controlling, which is fine. There are games like that. That's what fucking all third person adventure games are. Right. But like the the whole point of the series is like, you make the choices and see who lives and who dies. I had one person die, which was fine because they were my least favorite character, but like, whatever.
1: So are you excited for the next season to come out?
0: <sighs> no. Uh, no. I, I think this might be it. I think unless I have to play more of these for work, I think I'm done.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that, because um, I, I always think like these story like base games are in a sense, sometimes can be more interesting in theory than in practice. um, Because sometimes when you're just having a story kind of play out in front of you with little choices to it, if the dialogue is bad, if the action is bad, if the setting is bad, then you're just watching a bad movie. Um, And I think that kind of loses the charm of a choose your own adventure bad movie.
0: Yes. 100%. I like I would recommend like if you're if you've not played any of these games but want to try Little Hope. I think that one's fine. Um but like none of like none of the other ones I thought were like anything to even really talk about other than just this one being like <sighs> Just stupid, man. <laughs> it, it doesn't even know. Like the like the thing is, I think there were parts of the quarry that were stupid, but I always felt like there was this like understanding between me and whoever was writing the scenes of like, we know we like we did this on purpose. So, like you this is know, supposed this is, to be like, yeah, you know. these are teenagers, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it makes me think like, was was Until Dawn an accident? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like do you ever like have a have an artist or a creator that you really like one thing that they did and then they they can never do it again? And it's like, oh, did that just accidentally happen you stumble upon greatness you know
1: oh i would just challenge that because i think the quarry was good too
0: agree no and i agree and, and so i guess i wonder like are there different teams working on these like what is happening here
1: i th- I think those games take a while i mean i was just looking up all the dark pictures uh anthologies were basically released uh one every year for the past Once four years year. yeah so yeah. like with that like how truly um unique can you make these games when it takes a long time to develop this stuff. And when you're like just rushing them out there without really thinking about the story and the choices and all those unique branches. Um, well, I
0: guess that's the thing, right? Like I don't even mind, like I know people don't like the gameplay of these where you're just like walking around, finding documents and then watching quick time event cutscenes and like making like choices. Like I know some people don't like that. I personally do. So they already have the formula, like the, like the, it's already done. You just have to like fit it into the story that you want to tell. But it feels like they just have no ideas. Yeah. Feel, like, and, and Hey, that's fun. Like, that's okay. Then just don't make them anymore. <laughs> like, like, this was just such a, this was just, su- I don't know. Like make something else. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like there's just no ideas in this. It, it, it is, it is like laughably bad. Uh, and, and I, yeah.
1: Well, dang. Piece I, of trash. I'm sorry. Uh, three out of 10, not the fun video game. Uh, in which you're playing a bad development games of uh, development studio no 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 actually a game that is a 3 out of 10
0: <laughs> so i played uh, I, when i after i played it in two sessions and after my first session i was like okay i think i'm going to give this a 5 out of 10 i was like it's not great but like whatever and then i got to the end of it and i was like okay no this is a 4 out of 10 this like knowing what i know about the ending of this like and and the payoffs and everything like fucking like don't play this or if you or like go into it understanding that like This is gonna be that, Um, and then when I got done writing the review, I was like reading the review, and I was like, "Why am I afraid of being honest (laughs) about this game being bad?" About me hating it. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, I I just, I I don't, I don't think I've ever looked back at a review score and been like, "That was too low." I think I've only ever looked at looking, looked back at games and been like, "That was probably too high." Yeah. So. Devil and me. Like I like I look at it and I just I don't think I, I have no 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 fondness for this game. There's like I said, that one scene that I thought was was well done, but yeah. So there you go. Devil and me. Justin, let's talk about the other game in our Metacritic round up. Ooh. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Pokemon Scarlet has a 77 on the Switch, and Pokemon Violet does as well. 77, I mean um i've played about an hour ish of this i have pokemon scarlet i did an eeny meeny miny Mo at the target by my house <laughs> um and i also looked up and i was like oh tyranitar or whatever the big dragon guy is and i was like i want Tyranitar.
1: oh Dragonite?
0: no no um
1: salamance oh uh, yeah the one that has like the the weird egg
0: salamance yeah as the as the middle evolution yeah is it, middle, yeah, yeah. Uh, so i did not need meeny miny moe and the target and i was like all right pokemon scarlet even though i think it's weird because like, the color scheme was always like a lot more orange than <laughs> scarlet but yeah. fine um you're playing this right Which yeah you um,
1: so i bought both um and oh. then i came home and i played the the music that you you start off pokemon the original red blue and yellow with like, welcome to the world of pokemon yep yep
0: and um, yeah.
1: I walked over to uh, my fiance and I was like, which one do you want to pick? And we'd already kind of talked about it. And at first mm-hmm. she was like, oh, I'm going to pick Scarlet. I was like, great. Awesome. I'll be I'll be a Violet boy. And then um, I showed her Scarlet first and then I showed her Violet and she liked the legendary on Violet a lot better. So she sure. became she became the Violet. She chose Violet. And then I. I chose Scarlet, and so I've been playing Scarlet. I've played it for about six hours, maybe. Um, okay. And uh, it's it's too early to render an official review, but what are your thoughts of it in your hour and a half?
0: You know, it's tough because at the beginning of a Pokemon game, it's always just like maybe the most boring, dry part of any video game all year of just like here's how to catch aren't pokemon (laughs) amazing what's a pokemon (laughs) i'm gonna have a character slink into into frame and just like talk at you (gasps) telling you the most basic dialogue and then slink away
1: i'm having arceus ptsd when you're explaining
0: it (laughs) but like that's the thing like i want to talk about how these compare um but like here's how to catch a pokemon and i was like oh gosh um so like i I've not I'm not that far into it, right? I've had one real like moment where I got they sort of like set me loose in a field and they said like, "You know, go ahead catch some Pokémon and then we'll meet over there." Um so I I've caught a handful of of these little fuckers and <laughs> um <laughs> I I like that part of it. I like the the wild Pokémon they're all just running around like in Arceus. Um it's a little bit different where you're not uh they're not like a. Uh, you're not able to run around like you could in Arceus during the battles, um, but you're also you're battling. Were you able to battle po- the wild Pokemon in Arceus? You were, right? If they were uh, like a high enough level, you could battle them in order yeah. to like weaken yeah. them to catch them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So, so, there's a lot of that stuff uh, where they're just sort of running around and 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 things like that. But I feel like, uh. I think they, they figured out a good way to make it so that you can um, like quickly battle things so you can either throw your Pokeball at it so that you can engage yourself in the battle to catch it or you can just throw a Pokemon at it and com- uh, make it use like one like overworld move at a Pokemon and then it will just do an auto battle for you real quick and it'll come back either being like it won and gained this much EXP or it'll be like. You got fucking ass kicked. Like, (laughs) (laughs) this thing is not in good shape. Uh, I I chose a Fue Coco named Chorizo, which he's just a good guy. He's a good, good, dumb idiot. I love him.
1: I know, I know. Um, Um, I also chose Fue Coco, uh, and part of of the reason, like, I figured, like, how could I not? But he reminded me so much of my dog in that opening scene where you get to meet all the characters. He was the only mm -hmm. one that had, like, a unique personality that I was like, okay, this dupe, this dupe is on my team.
0: Um... So yeah, that's, that's That's been my experience. Those are initial impressions. So for my initial impressions
1: with it, um, I like it a lot. I think there's a lot of good things about it. Um, I, so I, I played every Pokemon generation except for black and white, black Mm -hmm. and the, the sequels to those and then sun and moon. So I've been pretty much up to date on everything with the exception of those two generations. And, um, oh wait, no, no, X and Y too. So maybe I'm, I'm I'm speaking out of my ass here, but I love Pokemon. So I, I there's three yeah. generations I missed. Um, I plan on going back to them. I actually have a Sun um, purchase that I'll be playing it one day when I feel like opening up my DS. Um, it's a fun one. And uh, I gotta say, I really enjoyed so much about Sword and Shield. Um, I think that was a really good, like, that that was a really good, game in the genre i think it did a lot to make it accessible i think it did a lot to uh make uh like reinvent what the formula was there was a lot of different things to do a lot of old but a lot of new um primarily when i mean that uh, I think the linear nature of the story about focusing so much on just the gym battles but also having still like going from town to town, but then having these this open world area that you got mm-hmm. to explore kind of really changed up the formula and it really made the post game a lot of fun for me. Um, and this ga- I think the critique would be the story was kind of lame. Um, but this yes. game so far uh, is not quite that it's not as quite polished as what i think that game was mm, uh, well, well I, I i don't mean in terms of uh the the bugs in the game we, we'll get into that in a bit but in terms of like how you go from town to town how you kind of like go mm. through the map and follow your objectives it's an open world game and i think that makes it <sighs> intimidating is the, le- is the wrong word, but like when you can go anywhere and kind of do anything and you're not blocked off from it, I think the progression of it is just not as fun for me. If that makes sense.
0: 100%. I, th- I think as more and more games have sort of like adopted this formula, um, I'm not trying to say everything is like breath of the wild, but I'd say that like that breath of the wild influence has been felt across the games industry the reason why brother of the wild really worked like that was because the journey was the game. Mm-hmm. Whereas something like this, like no, you, the reason you want a more linear path is so, you know what to be doing mm-hmm. and where to be going. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's like hints at that. Like I got to the, I, I I'm so like, once you get to the Academy part of it, they really lay out all three of the main storylines that you can follow. They put things on the board and they say, you can go anywhere. You Probably want to go mm-hmm. to these areas first, but you can go anywhere you want, do any, whatever you want. Um, so I, I think that part is a little, I don't think it's going to be as accessible as I think sword and shield was, but I can Mm -hmm. already tell that the story is significantly better. Um, there is a moment, uh, in the game where you have, uh, you meet your legendary Pokemon. Who's like your, your, your character that you kind of like ride around the map. And there's like this like kind of cool, weird scene where it's sick and you give it a sandwich and then like it gets <laughs> yeah, slowly stronger. Um, and that basically like runs through a cave and you chase it through the cave. And there's this moment when it basically chooses to save you. And it's like this like like the storytelling it, there's like literal cutscenes in it which is rare for a Pokemon game to have literal cutscenes that are like yep. the character, like, like expressing itself and like looking at the situation, then helping your character out and other characters coming to safety. It felt like very much like the anime, still not voice acted by the way, but anyway, um, it, and like, is that too much to ask to have voice acting in this <laughs> again? Yes. With what we'll talk about later. Um, it might be a little too much to ask of them. Um, but then like in the open world itself, it really isn't that much fun like going exploring these open worlds going to the next objective whereas when you're normally playing a pokemon game it's like a puzzle to get through the area when you're Mm -hmm. avoiding trainers in which you're avoiding uh or like trying to hit trainers or you're doing certain obstacles or things like that it's like a puzzle to get through route 111 and this one it's just like a big big kind of open world mazey kind of thing and it just doesn't feel very unique or fun to go in this open world and walk around yeah um so, that stuff so far has really not been drawing me the exploring part. Cause you're right, it is not like a, a Breath of the Wild where it's like, I wanna go there and go there. It's just kind of like, I gotta get through this open world. <laughs> um, yeah. But I do think you nailed it with the quick battle thing that you can do is a really cool way of leveling up your Pokemon quickly, um, getting mm-hmm. materials quickly, and just speeding up the gameplay. I'm having more fun than ever in a Pokemon game grinding grinding with quotes because as i'm just going through the area i'm just throwing my pokemon constantly at all these wild pokemon and it's getting them experience a little amount of experience and then it's giving the whole team experience and i'm quickly leveling up and i know some people might be like oh that's going to ruin the game because i'm already like at level 20 without even like going through a gym battle yet with all my pokemon um But it really is like a good way to like just kind of like level up your Pokemon and explore and try new Pokemon because I don't feel like it takes forever to level up Pokemon um, in this game. Uh, And it really is just kind of fun to uh, engage with the Pokemon in that way. I love having them run around like this. Um, I do miss from Sword and Shield how you still had tall grass with rare rare drops that would sometimes um, show up. Like there'd be like a little like rustling and, you know, there'd be a Pokemon in there. And that's where you still got that randomness of it. Um, but I think there are so many little things like the Pokemon just walking around the open world. Sometimes they do little fun, like group up in little clusters. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. they like jump around it, Like there's just so many cool little things that they do, uh, in it. And I just think it is unique and different enough that I'm not bored of it. And I think this is the right direction for Pokemon to be headed because when I went and replayed um, Shiny Pearl or Bold Platinum, whatever the hell it's called, uh, yeah. when I went back to play that, there were many times when I was like going through and I was just a little bored. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. uh, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I don't know if I want to level up and ask all these things. And this one's new, it's refreshing. And as a Pokemon fan, I'm really kind of enjoying filling out my Pokedex because it is kind of hitting that sweet spot between uh, a mainline Pokemon game and Arceus. And I know you didn't like Arceus, but I really liked how they had so much about the collection of it at the forefront rather Mm -hmm. than necessarily battling. It It was about getting all the Pokemon and find like catching them a different way to fill out your uh, Pokedex. And this one, it feels like it's a lot easier just to go around find those Pokemon in the overworld that normally wouldn't be something you would interact with, you would avoid. Like, oh, another fucking Zubat? I don't want to like fight this thing. But if you just do a quick auto battle, you get materials for it, you get some little XP for it, and it happens in seconds without it interrupting you traveling across the map. So it kind of makes the moving around feel more worthwhile than having these random battles slow down your progress and really kind of slowing yeah. down the pace of the game. So I'm really enjoying that stuff um, a lot uh, with this game, and I'm excited to keep playing it. Um, and I'm excited to felt my pokedex see all my my cute little new pokemons um, I, I don't want to spoil Coco's, uh, uh, uh uh evolution uh, I don't know if you've looked into that but basically not. uh I was like, oh, he's gonna get like moody. Nope, no, it would just be like if Wakoka grew up and decided to start like putting on weird costumes and stuff in your house, and I kind of like that. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) That's great. I can't wait. And I think your name of Chorizo is very appropriate for (laughs) what he's gonna evolve into.
0: Because it's supposed to be like Spain, Palladia, or whatever it's called.
1: It it is Um, definitely hitting the Spain man.
0: (laughs) And and I was like, oh, I'm gonna name all my all my characters after like different foods and stuff, and then immediately I caught another one and I was like. I got nothing. <laughs> oh, did,
1: did you by any chance make a, um, a
0: sandwich yet in the game? <laughs> no, not yet. I, I was given to one by my mom. So I, I love the description it gives you of like, this is a sandwich. It's bread and stuff in the side inside of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's a sandwich, guys. Uh, that's really funny. But the sandwich mechanic, the game, uh, it's more fun to me so far than the um, uh, curry uh, recipes of the last game. Uh yeah, like the stupid sucked. stirring and stuff was like stupid. This one is also stupid, but like it becomes a stacking game basically. So you put down the first layer of bread and then you try to stack the fillings and then you put the last bread on top. And if you make it poorly, the sandwich is all like lopsided and like hanging like a bad tower. And it's just so stupid, but the the couple sandwiches I made so far, I really enjoyed that stupid little mechanic uh with it. Um so like there is some good with that. So Uh, I, am excited to keep playing it and, and see how it, it develops. And so far, six hours in, um, there are critiques I have about the gameplay itself, but overall, I think it moves quick to a good pace, um, and collecting Pokemon is as fun as ever.
0: All right, let's talk about the not fun part of this. Um, I think I, there's not been a span of 10 seconds that have gone by where I've not had some sort of bug glitch or technical hiccup. This game feels like it was made. This feels like an early version of this. Would you agree? Have you hit as many issues as I have? Yes and no. Um,
1: Where have you played it on the most? Uh, Handheld. Okay, cool, cool. Um, Because I have two, and I hear the issues are worse when you're docked for some reason, which doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, yeah. that seems backwards. Um, To be honest... I think a lot of these Metacritic scores that people are talking about really are focusing on the technical issues with the game that make it problematic for them to score better. Mm -hmm. And I think the main reason why it's not scoring higher than it is, is because of how shaky and like buggy it feels. Um, I personally have not hit anything in my six hours of playing that has ruined the experience or something that would make me knock it down versus other Pokemon games yet that is my opinion you
0: think so yeah and okay, it go is on.
1: it is not probably i think what a lot of other people say so what are the bugs that you've hit so far
0: i mean like the the first and most obvious one i think is just the frame rate. like this thing tanks and, and like when i'm not doing anything i'm running like i'm moving the camera in the open world and it's just like you're getting like three frames every every second it is it is just like it turns into a slideshow um when you go to select, I took a video of this. When you go to to select your starter Pokemon, uh, and you like interact with that particular Pokemon, all of the textures in the world, like there's like a, like three seconds where like the game freezes, all of the shadows and everything disappear, and all of like the the finer detail and all the textures just completely disappear and melt out, and then it zooms in, in into the Fue Coco. and then his shadow goes from being like a, a decent looking shadow to just like six black pixels and then the text pops up and like crawls across the screen like it is it is one of those things where i'm like yeah i guess this doesn't like technically ruin the experience like i still understand what's happening here like this game is still playable but it reminds me of fucking sonic frontiers where it's like how is it this bad you guys like Did no one play this? Because obviously they knew that this was an issue because I I can't go, like I said, 10 seconds without there being some sort of frame rate hiccup texture issue. The pop in is terrible. The the animations are really like are really slow because of the the frame rate. Um, Your character glides at the. So like animation is hard right like to make a character move and look convincing you have to have the animation of them running and they have their animation has to match the speed at which the world moves around them right so like if you have a guy running and he's like running like this and it's like it's and and he's moving too fast for his legs it looks weird they start to glide and that's what happens in this game you're like gliding around the first thing that happens when you get control is you stand up out of your your desk in, in your bedroom and then you walk downstairs and the second you get on the stairs, your character jerks forward because they're on the diagonal plane of the stairs. And like, it's as if they're standing on a, on a ramp or something, not on stairs where you're supposed to be like standing upright. It looks bad, man. Um, and that was like the first thing that happened. Uh, uh, if you connect two uh, sets of joy cons to your switch uh, you can double your speed by moving both the both the joysticks that's funny but like it, it is funny, but it's also like guys like <laughs> you're this is the most lucrative entertainment franchise on the planet, and these games look like this and perform like this and like I think it is I think I said this about Arceus that it is uniquely ugly. This is a uniquely ugly game. I think this game like looks like just straight trash. And, and I've seen a lot of people being like, we need to Switch Pro, I've been saying it for years. And like, first one, yes, but two, that's not the issue. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 had some pop in, sure, had some whatever, but that game was astounding. It looked so good, you know? It didn't look like some garbled mess, like it had a clear visual identity, and was able to run just fine, and it was a big open-world game. Uh, there are there are so many different games that run great on the Switch, despite the limitations of the hardware. Nier Automata runs great on the Switch at 60 frames per second. Uh, like, Mario Odyssey looks great, runs great, 60 frames per second. Like, there, the, it has the ability to do so many things. It's just that this is not a well-made game. And I think you look at Arceus, and you look at how u- fucking ugly that game is, and how poorly that game runs... And you look at this game and you I think you could there are a lot of people who are going to make the who are making the argument of like this switch hardware sucks. And that's true. But. The through line is is the first name in the title of those games, Pokemon, it is the Pokemon company, it's Game Freak not being able to work on this hardware for whatever reason, either they were they didn't have enough time or simply just didn't want to like. I don't know. I, I, I completely understand why this is not scoring well. I would. I like I, I think it's disappointing and I think it's it's kind of gross because they know that people are going to buy it. I mean, I fucking bought it. So I guess I'm the problem. But like, I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: I, I, I don't want to sound like a like a big corporate apologist on this on this thing. But I think part of this has to come from the company itself. And I know, like, I understand, like, it's a profitable uh, company that, like, one of the most profit, uh, co- profitable entertainment companies ever, not just in video it games. Is, it, is
0: the, it is the most, uh, uh, yeah,
1: yes. So I know that, and I think, like, as I'm playing this game, it seems to me when they made Arceus, Arceus was a tech demo for what this game was going to be. They wanted to try some things out with an open world. They made that game they then kind of branched this is again my opinion no no backing up from this then they kind of branched away from all right we can make a mainline pokemon game with ideas like this and try to do this um and i think this company the pokemon company the the one the the mainline pokemon games have never been something that is like a technical marvel um and i think they are out of their depth a little bit in terms of what old Pokemon games used to be and what new 3D open world games are supposed to be.
0: I, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take you up on this. I'm gonna I'm gonna take I, I disagree. Those old Pokemon games were running on handhelds and they looked great. They were sprite-based, and their sprites were so like there was so much personality in them. And even towards the end, with black and white, I know you didn't play them, I didn't either, but the the sprite work that they do that it used to be that like all this, the character sprites, like the, the Pokemon sprites were just like a single image, right? It might have two. So that it could kind of look like it's moving, but like it was, it was just standing there. And then towards the end, they started to, to animate them a little bit. It kind of looked like paper cutouts, right? Of like something I could make, but it, it had an interesting look to it. And then you jump to, um, uh, let's go Pikachu and Eevee on the switch. And those games had no issue it had no issues with it with uh like like technical uh uh behind the scenes stuff like like they ran fine they looked good they had a like visual identity that like they had an art style going for them then you get pokemon sword and shield yes th- those games had some difficulties in that open world section in terms of performance and yeah y- like there were people like taking images of, like, low-res trees in the open-world section and being like, like, doesn't this look like garbage? And it's like, yeah, I guess that tree does. But overall, that that game, those two games, like, looked pretty good, and they ran pretty well. And then now they just, like, their art style they're going for is, like, unfinished watercolors. <laughs> it Like, it looks, in my opinion, it looks unfinished. The environments look unfinished. The performance, yeah, it, like, while that open-world section of Pokemon Sword and Shield didn't run great, like, it wasn't, like, wasn't like this where it's like abysmal. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I don't know. Like I don't know. I
1: don't think this is. I, I I guess my uh my defending of the Pokemon company comes in with the fact that I don't think this game is drastically worse than any of the ones that came before it. Um, I understand. Like I think you should revisit them. Because oh, I did. I I mean I uh I replay. I wouldn't replay. I was playing Sword and Shield a little bit before this. Um, and then um, Let's Go I haven't played uh, since Pokemon Home came out, and I transferred sure. things over to there. Yeah. Um, but I think Pokemon Let's Go is a much different like performance type of game than That's this fair. game was um, because you're still very – the traditional Pokemon format with how you have your little zones and things like that that work, uh, mm-hmm. like that isn't like an open-world game. And I do think there were a lot of issues with Sword and Shield um, that, I mean, that open world is inarguably worse than this open world, I think, um, in terms of how it ran, in terms of what – it's a step up from that one. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think part of the problem with this is it seems weird to me that this game – I I guess you could make the argument that why did they release this game this year (laughs) – I think that's an easy yeah, argument right? to like, make. Um, you
0: already had Arceus. Like, yeah. Right. So
1: like, it, and, but I think the, the part of it is that this game would have been improved if you gave it another six months enough. I think a lot of this stuff has to do with its design, its design philosophy from the bottom up. And I think that sure. has to do because the open worlds that this specific company has made have only been iterating slightly on these formats from your original Pokemon games. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, first you have your 2Ds top-down, then you have more, you know, better pixel art, then you have 3D models, then you turn 3D models into um, more of an open-world setting, and then you have a fully open-world setting with this. And I think if I'm looking, if I'm pulling back, this game has iterated on where Pokemon was. And it's kind of a technical mess because I don't think that, the this company what invested the right way in building a new open world game from the ground up Mm -hmm. and i don't think this game i think this game is it i guess this is good as a pokemon fan i'm happy with this game um but i and i'm not even a hardcore pokemon fan because i'm sure hardcore pokemon fans are furious with this game (laughs) (laughs) i sure i mean would they like it if it was perfect no they'd find something to be upset about anyway um but i i think the the issue has to be that when they're looking at pokemon open worlds in the future they they can't just keep iterating on what they have they have to start from the ground up and really do have a new look at how to make pokemon work um and they have to start the tech from the beginning and they have to make sure that they are are doing things um to really change this game to an open world game because just the band-aids they're putting on aren't i guess quite enough to make it a true open world game. But I don't mm-hmm. think making Pokemon into Breath of the Wild is the answer, you know. Agreed.
0: Like that's not Agreed. what they
1: should be doing with this. They need to think of their own unique spin on on Pokemon. And I think part of it is that everyone wants this open world Pokemon game and that's what they made and they weren't able to make that game well because they don't have the experience to do that. So they need to bring in other companies to help with that open world, but I still do, I, I don't look at this as like being the worst game in the Pokemon series personally as of this point me only being six hours in. Um, I've also not encountered as many bugs because if you look at the bugs out there, there are some funny ass bugs. Did you see the Slenderman oh, like- bug?
0: No, I saw where the, the girl's head was just like spinning over and over and over again on the, on her body.
1: There's one when basically like it like will like pop in for it to be like a stretched out, like disgusting creature, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like it's just pretty funny. Uh, and there, there is some funny bugs with, with with the game. And again, I'm not saying that, that the bugs are OK or excusable or stuff like that. Um, and I, I think in terms of a Pokemon game, it's a good Pokemon game. I think in terms of it being a technical masterpiece, I do not think it is a technical masterpiece. And I think it is uh, uh, in it is old design philosophy trying to act as a new de- design philosophy in this game. Um, but I don't know. I guess overall my thought of it is that I don't hate it as much as other people hate it.
0: <laughs> sure. <laughs> For the uh, reason they hate it. And I think that's fair. It. Yeah, I, I, and I don't think that that's... I think you're obviously allowed to. Yeah, yeah, It's not, yeah. Um, Yeah, I I guess I just, like, I expect more from them. I expect, like, they they are this huge thing and they know that they're this huge thing and I expect them to, like, I guess I just expect them to be better based on, like, what else is coming out of, like, studios working on things for the Switch. And I, I think that a game like this, has people incorrectly pointing to switch hardware as the issue when it is. I think, I don't think that's entirely. Uh, I don't think that the switch is like entirely not to blame, but I would absolutely say that, like, look at the other things that are on the switch and then look at those two games. And I think that there is a pretty clear through line that like, yeah, it could be an ambitious project, but like, I've done ambitious projects before and then I found out, oh, I can't sculpt <laughs> like, I, you know, like oh, I'm going to I'm going to I could say I'm going to sculpt the next thinker or the whatever fucking <laughs> David. And that's that'd be quite ambitious. Right. But then when I find out, oh, I can't sculpt or I don't have the, <laughs> like a, <laughs> then you don't you don't look at the medium and go like, oh, well, you know, marble is <laughs> marble's not what it used to be, you know, but. You want to talk about the news, Justin? Let's do it. Blizzard Entertainment is a company that we've talked about a lot in the past. We're going to talk a little bit about today. Uh, The big thing about it is that its servers and its games are going to be pulled from... uh, they're, They're not going to be available in China after... Uh, anymore following a dispute with NetEase over licensing. Uh, This is a story from VGC titled Blizzard Games set to be pulled in China after dispute with NetEase over license by Andy Robinson uh and it reads this Blizzard Games are Blizzard Games are set to be shut down in China after it was unable to come to an agreement with current license holder NetEase over renewing its current deal it's said when its current deal ends on January 23rd 2023 World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, Warcraft 3 Reforged, Overwatch and the StarCraft the StarCraft series, Diablo 3 and the Heroes of the Storm will all be suspended. Blizzard Entertainment has had licensing agreements with NetEase since 2008. Diablo Immortals co-development and publishing covered under a separate agreement between the two companies and won't be affected. Um, so that's interesting. I mean, like, I know that China is a huge market for um, a lot of the games that Blizzard does. So, so what do you think about this? Uh, about it just sort of, them all going away pretty much, like that uh, in in a region as big as China.
1: Yeah, I think, it, to me, it seems like they don't care that it's gone in there. And no, like, isn't that weird? Yeah, like, it's just kind of like, hey, you know what? We have uh, all the all these all these uh, people who will no longer be able to play this game and give us money. Um, and I guess maybe that's a good thing. Um, I know there's a lot of concerns with uh, businesses over in China and, like, having China, like, money influence so many markets and with how problematic their government can be and things like that. So yep. maybe this is a good trend that they're doing this. But it does seem like this is... They say it's not going to impact their bottom line. I can't imagine that being true.
0: I mean, it's China. It's yeah. huge. Like, and, like and gaming in China is huge.
1: Yeah, like I uh, yeah I, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like this is something that I wonder if this is a beginning trend in the industry. I wonder, and I know, like at this point. Um, this is not like Microsoft's influence on this too. It's not like Microsoft is coming in and being like, Hey, we're going to like change our company. We're going to start making better business decisions, making better partnerships. No, this is like Activision Blizzard making this call, right? This is them saying that this is not going to be uh, happening in in China. Nothing to do um, with um, nothing to do with uh, that acquisition and stuff like that. So this to me seems odd in a lot of different ways because you would think they would make choices to make the most money possible. So I wonder what these negotiations were about and what specifically fell through on them. But I think this is just kind of an interesting overall industry trend, and maybe this is something that we'll start to see more um, in the future.
0: What do you mean, like uh, places- companies
1: companies cutting ties with China um, overall? I wonder.
0: I wonder if it's a if it is a China thing or if it's a this. NetEase company thing. Cause NetEase is like their yeah, licensing holder and stuff like that. So yeah, I wonder. And I mean, yeah, I don't, perhaps, yeah. perhaps
1: they will be making uh, other, others, um, other, uh, changes, um, uh, later and like eventually come back in China with a different company maybe. Um, but, uh, wasn't there like, um, I'm trying to remember, uh, reading a story. Um, wasn't there, uh, a mobile game that NetEase was going to be making that was canceled recently?
0: I can't say. Don't I don't. Know.
1: I don't remember off the top of my head. Here, let's see
0: if I can type. Oh you. yeah. Okay. Earlier this year, it was claimed that Blizzard and NetEase had canceled an unannounced World of Warcraft mobile game. Because of a financial dispute, right? So, like, Is that what are you thinking of? Yeah, that, yeah,
1: because that, that's like that seems like easy money. <laughs> you know, you're throwing like a, a property like World of Warcraft in a mobile market in a place like China. Like that would like what was the financial dispute? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what what would have been so out of the realm for both of these uh, uh, companies that they couldn't agree yeah. on the financial gains of that? Because um, isn't like World of Warcraft movie? Wasn't that movie like super successful in China?
0: It, it's like the it's in the top like I think twenty best selling you know like like most lucrative movies of all time, and like ninety percent of its of its <laughs> uh, revenue came from China. Right. Yeah. Because it was right, one of those like, things where it's like this movie I've never even heard of this and then yeah it's just all Chinese stuff so like again that would be like
1: easy money to make like if they have a mobile game like that that would like do whatever so um I find that interesting um but again I do wonder if there'll be another company that kind of comes in to partner with Activision Blizzard in the future but
0: they are they are such a you know Goliath in this space that like I'm sure um someone says who is it uh the company's head of partnerships I don't know if that is net ease or blizzard um but uh simon zoo offered a more blunt appraisal on social media claiming that one day when what has happened behind the scenes could be told developers and gamers will have a whole new understanding of how much damage a jerk can make is that wait so wait who said that simon zoo the head of partnerships let's see is that like blizzard or is that let me look uh, at net ease so oh see that is
1: interesting then because i wonder if this is just something that maybe once once the deal goes through and we do have a better like uh leadership at the top of activision blizzard if they'll revisit this and then come back to this and if it really is just the fact that activision blizzard is that much of a shitty company <laughs>
0: like i mean oh we, no I wouldn't be surprised so okay so simon zoo posted this to linkedin they are the president and global investment partner. uh uh, the president of global investment and partnerships for NetEase. They posted this three days ago as a gamer who spent tens of thousands of hours in the worlds of Azeroth, Starcraft and overwatch. I feel so heartbroken as I will not this. The English is not great here as I will no longer have the access to my account and memories next year. One day when what has happened behind the scenes could be told, developers and gamers will have a whole new level of understanding of how much damage a jerk can make. Feel terrible for players who lived in those worlds. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, that that sounds like uh, even more confirmation that Activision Blizzard is a a piece of shit company.
0: Sounds a lot like Activision Blizzard to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of them, uh, Phil Spencer has been talking. I mean, he's been talking a lot about this Activision blizzard deal, which makes sense. It is. It's pretty substantial. Um, but where did he say this? So he, yeah, he, he's said a few times that a large part of this deal is because of, uh, is driven by, uh, the mobile, the mobile side of the industry, as opposed to, um, The console gaming side of things and he talked about um he he talked about this i think to yeah decoder uh the decoder podcast from the verge and he said that um the idea that activision is all about call of duty on console is a construct that might get created by our console a competitor referring to obviously to um sony and um He basically says that it's actually Candy Crush that is one of the big things for them here, which makes sense. They've talked a lot about how mobile is the future of uh, it it is sort of an untapped market for gaming. And that is starting to see like that. that, that I think people in the console gaming are starting to see just how big of an industry that is um, as console games have sort of you know, dabbled in mobile, but you look at your Diablo Immortals, your Genshin impacts, and then candy crush, which is owned by, uh, owned by, Activision blizzard. So I think it's interesting. Um, I would believe that in a second. Yeah. Call of duty makes a lot of money, like a stupid amount of money, but like, Hey, if you're looking to grow and to like expand in terms of like where your money comes from, like Sony doesn't have any mobile games. Nintendo doesn't have any mobile games outside of Pocket Camp and um, I, I get Pikmin Bloom. Excuse me.
1: Yeah, don't you know, don't and you dare talk bad about my Pikmin Bloom that Mario I haven't Kart played, World played since last time I was in Mexico. So.
0: <laughs> so hey, you might be you might be blooming <laughs> back again. Um, yeah, like I, and I think this makes sense too, based on what they've been doing um, with X Cloud and stuff. Um, really, really leaning into the mobile side of things. Uh, how, how does how does this take you? Does that make sense? Does, does that feel true?
1: All right. So, um, Candy Crush. Yeah. <laughs> and this is according to Business of Apps, um, in an article, Candy Crush revenue and usage statistics by David Curry. Um, it, in fact, says on this website some shocking numbers about how much money. Um, uh, Candy Crush makes Uh, in 2021 it generated 2021 by the way Peter 1.2 billion dollars and it's the seventh highest grossing mobile title in 2020 it uh, only made only he says eight eight hundred and fifty seven million dollars so something for me is shocking that this game is not only making that much money it is increasing its usage and people are still playing candy crush because i don't know about you there was a time when this guy played candy crush a
0: lot yeah but it was but like 2012 right like yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like a long long yeah, time when ago when it
1: launched like it like i i would play it um uh it's been uh, across all platforms downloaded 2.7 billion times like to me, that is a
0: huge,
1: huge. Wait, how many? Two point seven billion times downloaded.
0: Well, we just passed eight billion humans on Earth at one time at this time. Yep. So like, almost three out of eight. Right. Right. <laughs> um, now, uh, in
1: general, here, if we're looking at Call of Duty, uh, this is um, again. I'm just kind of doing some quick searches with this. Uh, this is from an article from. <laughs> uh let's see in well actually this is a an infinity war uh blog post here um they said let me just see if they have that um i think lifetime no i don't have that here um i can't find the exact numbers uh that we have here but this is an article from tweak town um oh no washington post uh Washington Post, Mike Hume uh, says that all time uh Call of Duty has made thirty billion dollars. A Washington Post article. This is all time.
0: Call of Duty has made all time 30 billion dollars. Yeah. And so Candy Crush is you know a fraction of that, but still like fuck. Yeah, <laughs> that's <right>? a lot.
1: <laughs> so I mean, regardless, like I think I think the thing that Microsoft likes about the Candy Crush. 2.6 billion downloads
0: yeah like I that think number that, is a, that, that is number a... is
1: huge to have reach in 2.6 billion devices or people's hands like and i know granted mm-hmm. there's probably some like multiple downloads on different devices that i get that but like that is that is huge and and money aside right like i think that is just a ton of money to be talking about for both of these
0: <laughs> for both of these yeah. <laughs> yes jesus no 100 percent It's insane I don't know. I, I think that there are some people who are probably out there saying like, of course, that's that's what they would say. Like they want. That that it's not about Call of Duty, but I think you look at those numbers and like, yeah, Call of Duty is a big thing. But like you look at how big that this is and where this could go, um, especially like in how untapped this market is with these big, um, you know, console favoring studios and like yeah there's a lot of money to be made here i like mihoyo like just just raking in the cash Mm -hmm. year over year i'm sure over things like genshin impact and i don't know that zzz game come out or hunkai star rail like i i just know that that mobile is so huge and uh it might not be as big of a thing in the u.s but like overseas like it's just fucking like a behemoth so so.
1: this is according to um God, when is this number? May in 2022 from a, a website called Sensor Tower that says um, Genshin Impact surpasses $3 billion on mobile and averages $1 billion every six months.
0: Yeah, so... yeah. Holy and didn't, didn't Microsoft, cannoli! <laughs> didn't Microsoft recently, like say that they pass on genshin impact on xbox oops (laughs) yeah and and they were like they're like oh fuck so i mean like hey yeah make that mistake twice you won't you know like good luck like they're not they're not interested in in letting that happen yeah even a little bit um but which i i think makes sense man i wish
1: i had like just you know a fifth of that i'd be super dude
0: i bought a lottery ticket for the Powerball, two billion dollars did you win? It was a you? I I did not. Oh, I did okay. Not win. Cool. Well, um, I mean, Justin, if I made, if I won two billion dollars, I would make it so you never had to work ever again. Oh, that's really <laughs> nice.
1: I would have just at least asked for like uh, an Adobe like cloud subscription, so I could actually get some of their like
0: <laughs> pre done. Uh, uh, I guess assets. the problem is like you want me to then I'd have what like. Three hundred (laughs) dollars left. It's so expensive. It's a big ask. It's a big ask, but uh, for you, Justin, of course I'd do it. No, I didn't win. Um, You would know if I won. I probably would have heard. And and this this podcast would know if I won. People (laughs) listening be like, why why does the audio quality sound like way better? How is this being beamed into my brain? The thumbnails are amazing right now. (laughs) Like I just didn't believe they could have such a jump in a week. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I bought that lottery ticket, and I was like, I, def- I had a lot of. I, I spent two dollars on it, and I had a, a hell of a time envisioning what I would do with two billion dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, 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 I had a very good time, like thinking about what I would do with that. Um, here is here, just here is just a look into my brain. I would have made a free for all giant mini golf course that was like super awesome. Like all the holes were like great um and like i said free entry uh and, and like every single you know every like six months or so i'd be like changing it up in a major way so like it was never the same twice and i i you
1: know, would, I, would nice. I wouldn't quit my job but i would do the bare minimum in my job like you know what i mean like i would i would be great between the hours the contract hours um of yeah 820 and 330 and then after that i'd just be like a ghost you wouldn't know where i was in that building i'd just disappear i'd do everything i need to do in those hours and just disappear
0: yeah yeah so two billion dollars could have been me and it wasn't uh justin let's talk about the um <laughs> let's talk about yuji naka creator of sonic the hedgehog and uh arabian Nights, and let's not forget bound wonder world um has been arrested in Japan because he was connected to some insider trading case regarding, uh, square Enix employees. So basically, uh, this is from the verge titled, uh, Sonic creator, Yuji Naka arrested, in insider trading scandal by Jess weatherbed. Um, Yuji Naka, the famed creator of Sonic the Hedgehog has reportedly been arrested in Japan in connection with an insider trading case involving former Square Enix employees. The scandal centers around former Square Enix employee, Taisuke Sasaki, who obtained information that the dragon quest tacked mobile game was being jointly created by game developers, Square Enix and aiming uh, Sasaki and other and another ex square Enix employee, uh, Fumiki Suzuki allegedly purchased 162,000 shares in aiming between December 2019 and February 2020 for about uh, over $300,000 prior to the public project's public announcement on February 5th, 2020. Yuji Naka was allegedly aware of the aiming deal and also bought 10,000 shares for about $20,000 before it was publicly announced. Um, and so they've been arrested for that, which is illegal. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's not a whole lot to say other than like don't do that (laughs) like hey, that's a it's a crime Uh, um what do you think
1: i think ultimately when we're thinking about uh we're just talking about billions of dollars right um money corrupts
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, maybe it was good i didn't win those two billion dollars and
1: like the thought of like getting money and getting more money i think a lot of the times people don't realize what they're doing is illegal (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like intentionally, like sure. um, they, they don't understand the implications of some of this stuff. Um, And then they're doing stuff, but like, you got to be so careful when you're dealing with things like stocks and like money and like big amounts yep. of money and things like that, because it is so easy to be charged for crimes for stuff like this without being aware of it, that there's so many things that people aren't just aware about. You would hope someone like Yuji Naka would have been aware of this Um, and that you would hope I really hope it was an accident and Sonic's dad wasn't just like, you know, someone who's been doing this his whole career of trying to make money off of this kind of stuff. Um, But man, when I first read that a a Square Enix employee was arrested, I was just like, what an uninteresting
0: story. (laughs) Now I know why it was a story. (laughs) (laughs) That's why everyone's talking about it. Yeah. I don't know. This is surprising. It's, It's always weird. Like, uh, uh when when this sort of happens and it's just such a weird like selection of people i suppose right like yuji naka like yeah uh, sure I, I guess uh
1: um, d- speaking of weird people you wouldn't expect you remember good old martha stewart uh same deal right wasn't it insider trading kind of stuff that got her into prison
0: thought it was cocaine possession but it could be inside trader <laughs> you
1: know what? To be honest, there's a very fine line between cocaine possession and insider trading.
0: Wait, like hold on. Now now I have to know. Okay. Uh incarceration. Um Wait. Yeah, I'm Sent- on Wait.
1: I'm on Wikipedia. Uh,
0: oh yeah, stock trading case and conviction. Um Cocaine was
1: just how she got through prison, right? I I there's I'm, control, co-
0: I'm control effing for cocaine And it's not
1: Not there you know, no, just, co- no cocaine Drug
0: Um Well no, I guess not Yeah so, so yes You're so right I don't she, know what She did I
1: stay of- at a correction facility Called the Coleman complex
0: What What does that have to do Coleman with
1: Cocaine the- Complex Cocaine Correctional <laughs> okay, Cocaine I, I, This word association <laughs>
0: I I guess Did you know that she dated Anthony Hopkins, but she ended her relationship after she saw the science of the lambs. And she said that she was unable to like not see him as Hannibal Lecter.
1: I mean, she was probably like, I thought it was weird when he was like nibbling on my ears and I felt teeth once.
0: (laughs) Oh, gross. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, that made me feel weird. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so there you go. Um, Martha Stewart, ladies and gentlemen. Yuji Naka. Uh, I've, yeah.
1: Yuji Naka, I'm, the Martha Stewart of video games.
0: <laughs> is that. who? Okay, that's obviously not true, but who is? Now, now that you've said that, now I need to think about it. The, the, the Martha Stewart of video games.
1: I mean, wouldn't it be Yuji Naka? Someone who's pretty popular. Has his name everywhere, and then slowly but surely he starts, you know, selling out with things like Ballin and Wonderworld. And then the next thing you know, he gets put back in prison for, for – put, put in prison for insider trading. And then he's going to come out. He's going to start hosting a bunch of, like, shows on Food Network. He'll be a judge on Chopped next thing you know. Um, yeah,
0: be friends with Snoop Dogg.
1: Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, uh, have a bunch of great commercials. Um, and uh, then uh, really never quite reached the heights of original Sonic, but we'll look at him fondly before too long, I think.
0: You've made a compelling case. I'm willing to agree with it, Justin. Um, you play God of War this week at all?
1: Boy, did I!
0: I like. I really like what you did <laughs> right there. Uh, how is it for you? I'm enjoying it. I'm still enjoying it.
1: Um, I played another, uh, like, eight hours from where we were last time. Um, I've kind of just streamlined story-wise whenever we get to a point that it's like, oh, you finished this main story beat. Do you want to continue with the kind of engaging story, or do you want to explore this river in this boat and find some uninteresting side quests to do? Uninteresting is maybe the wrong word, but, like, it feels like these side quests are so, like, diverting you from the actual main story in a way that i just don't want to play them <laughs> at all yeah um
0: that's how that's how they are in the first one to be honest with you a lot of those side quests are very much like you you hear you like you do it and then you sort of sit there and you go like okay and like was that <laughs> i do think there's so many more in this game agreed there's so i've not, I'm
1: not re- really done a whole lot of them but yes yeah there, there's so much more like extra stuff in this game, and there was extra stuff in the other one, too, Um, but, like, I feel like, f- for whatever reason, because the first game's story was a very simple get to the top of the mountain, this yeah. one, it's just kind of like, the world's about to end. Yep. But before that, do you want to go over here and explore? <laughs> like, you know, like, all of that kind of, like, just doesn't take me there, because
0: it- it's that same problem with, like, uh with, like, cyberpunk, when it's, like, you're dying, but also do you want to go clubbing yeah exactly (laughs) yeah yeah
1: yeah so like it's just it's just not bringing me in yet um but it is like making making me like predict towards the end and i'm pretty sure that you know much like the last game i'll be able to play afterwards so i don't know if they're going to be like a, a point of no return point where they save you before the final defeat with what happens with your character but i don't think there would be anything wrong with me coming back at the end of the game to actually finish these side quests and continue them once I can start actually thinking about like my character build other than just like trying to do the strongest thing possible um and maybe I'll go for the platinum I don't know but I'm really enjoying the game um the story itself is uneven I think a lot of the times uh there's a lot of moments in the game when there's something that it, like, you didn't need to go to a place to do a mission. It'll be like a 40-minute mission that you go through, and it's like, I didn't need that. Like, it, it's like, I need to get this thing. Then you go get the thing, and then it's like, all right, now we can go back and do the thing from before, but then we need to get this thing. <laughs> it's just like so many of those things that keep taking me away from the basic main story that I want to find out about, which is what the hell is happening with Ragnarok.
0: Uh, Yeah, I would, I would agree. I I like the, the diversions enough, but, um, there's a, there's a a, an extended section. Uh, it's been two weeks. Like I'm not doing any end game spoilers. I guess just mid game. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get into it. There's an extended section, um, where you are, uh, getting to know one character really well. Uh, and, it's it's like an hour and a half <laughs> and it probably could have been about half that. Cause it's like, okay, we don't need to go, but I, it, the game goes a really long time without doing any combat. And it feels like, Oh fuck, we need to put some combat in this. So yeah, let's go clear out this sinkhole, I guess. And ride right on the
1: back of this elephant <laughs> thing, which elephant, we've, all yeah, like mm, we've all done yeah, before. We've all done that for
0: way too long. Yeah. Um, before getting to the story stuff, but, um, and in ad- I'm liking it, but in, in addition to that, I think
1: part of the, the, my problem with the story of this game is it's done still in the one shot and they do some clever things to kind of like insinuate the passage of time a little bit more where I would assume it's not, it doesn't like by the end, it doesn't necessarily have to have been like seven consecutive days. Like there could be weeks that pass in, in in some of this stuff and still they still have the illusion of a one shot. They just go through a lot of this character development stuff really quick. Um, I think you're talking, you're you're about to get to a part um, where they're going to resolve a huge fucking issue in like a 40 Uh-oh. minute like escort mission. And, <laughs> okay. and it's like the, the change happens with more dialogue between like cutscenes as they're like walking through environments and stuff. And mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff is just getting resolved with these conversations between that are filling up the walking from place to place. And it just seems like everything happens so quick in it. Sure. And like all the plot beats are there. Everything mm-hmm. you get the hint of, they say something in the beginning of that 40 minutes, they hit it like 20 minutes in again, and then they hit that at the very end to like go through that the dramatic structure of something. But because it happens so quickly in one moment of time in this story, it feels like all these major relationships are, are just done so quickly that I'm not really like sitting with it. And I don't believe like that a character would change by the end of these encounters. Mm-hmm. Um, and some like major shit happens and it's just like a five minute throwaway thing. And it's like, Oh God, that was a big moment for this character, but it just was like such a minor part of it. Um, yeah. So I think some of the pacing of the character development is still not great, but where I wasn't sold on the main narrative as much last week, eight, 18 hours in at this point, I have been sold on the main narrative of the story. Okay. What's going on, I think specifically at the beginning with uh the basically the conflict between your group of characters and Odin is really interesting and really mm-hmm. good and I want to find out how that resolves and I think because I'm so engaged in that every time I have a side quest that shows up or a part of the main mission that really doesn't have much to do with the main mission I get upset because i'm not heading towards that narrative Mm -hmm. climax that i want to find out about um what are you thinking about now uh we were talking a little bit before about combat stuff what are you feeling about the combat in this game versus god of war 1
0: um you and i were sort of saying like before we started recording how it's a little tough because it that combat in the first one is good but i think it is it runs out of steam pretty quick Uh, And then, you know, you get the Blades of Chaos and then it it sort of gets a new steam to it. But I still don't think that it is. When you get the Blades of Chaos, you have the guy that those really cool fight scenes and then it's kind of like, okay, and now we're sort of back to what we were doing before and it grows a little stale. I think the combat is mostly the same in this. It's just that they've added a lot of complexity on top of it which does make it more complex, that's true, but that doesn't necessarily make it more engaging. And I found that I've sort of grown tired of the enemy types in this game even though there are definitely more of them than in the first game, like I think like the strategy for all of them is just
1: whale on them. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I
0: like the par- like I do the parries and whatever else, like that like I like that, but it's just like just whale on them. It's not bad and it feels good, especially when you get some of those finishers, but like I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I feel I think like... think the boss fights... Oh, go on. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I think that, like, there is some of the boss fights are, are major pushovers and then some are, like, super interesting. And I think that stuff is uh, pretty good, the, especially, like, the really, really interesting complicated ones because, they're like, the pushover ones are fine but, like, sometimes you will start a boss fight and you're like, oh, easy out. Okay, I see what's happening. Like, oh, it's a gimmick boss. Shoot the centaur on the horns, sure. Um, but, like... Uh, uh, there are some that I think are really satisfying and I wish more of the combat was that sort of like challenging stuff. Maybe I should just bump up the difficulty, but I'm also playing it for work. So like I do need to be getting it through it at a relatively quick pace. So I think there's like
1: legit like parts that can be kind of challenging. And I think like there are like end game fights that I, that I, that I think will happen that will really use combat um, in a way that I just don't think you get by like killing the random mobs in these combat arenas that you get. Yeah. Um, and I think there, there will be more of that stuff to come. And I just got to a part of the game that kind of changes combat up in a very significant mm-hmm. way um, that I think is refreshing enough that it's added a lot of cool little things to the game that I think it's, it's definitely better than the first game but it's not as much of a change as i was hoping for because i think i was talking sure. about i was thinking there'd be much more like uh you know a uh like a build you could do or a, a combat yeah. loadout you could do yeah, you can, like, use different runes and stuff to kind of change your character, but it still feels very much like once I get comfortable with this thing, this is what I'm going to do. And there's still so many fucking things to upgrade that you got to pick a it's, lane. Otherwise, you, yes. you're going to be, like, out of, like, level, and you're not going to be, like, upgrading yourself appropriately. So I've just kind of been, like, my the pre-order armor set that I got. I've been wearing that the whole time. I keep upgrading it. I don't know if it's the best one, but it's the one with the highest stats right now, so I'm going to keep that. Right. So I don't really feel like I need to constantly like change my armor pieces at this point i just upgrade what i have and then i'm happy with that
0: yeah yep so i uh, i'm i'm still liking it i can't wait to see where it goes and if you say that hey not that you're not making that argument of like oh it gets good at 18 hours but it, the we're, fact that you're saying it, it does start like it, it picks changes up a little steam. bit yeah yeah yeah,
1: it, yeah. It, it, it changes combat a little bit in a good way
0: then then i am certainly looking forward to that um so there you go. God of war, Ragnarok. Oh, and bang. can I say one more Anything thing? Else? There were just some some, some slight as moments many things as you want.
1: Where Kratos has like these real like moments of vulnerability. Um and there's one point I was like, are they gonna Are they gonna make Kratos silently sob in this scene? <laughs> and like the fact that I was even having that thought <laughs> about Kratos in a God of War game, I think He's a
0: much more Complicated character in this one than in the first one, I think, because I think he's had the time to stew on everything that's happened with Atreus, and so I think that his unwillingness to change in the first one just seems like a character, like that's just like who he is. Whereas in this game, his unwillingness to let Atreus really like grow into who he is and like foster that curiosity, of like. Who am I in all? Like, what's my place in all of this? Kratos unwillingness to even like entertain that question, entertain that thought I think is a lot more motivated in this one. Whereas in the first one, not that that was a big question, but the, just the idea of like Noah Atreus, I don't want him to have to deal with any of this just seemed like a resolute decision that he made. Whereas in this one, it seems motivated by the actions of everyone else, which is something that I, I I think it makes him just a lot more interesting to like hear from and see. You know what I'm saying?
1: And I, and I I do think in this one, too, we see him fighting with himself a lot more. Uh, yeah. There's a lot more about... And I know this is kind of hinted... Like this is not missing from the first game, but him being afraid of becoming what he was in this game. Yeah. And, like... It is kind of, I just think that they're just doing some really cool things with this character. I really like what they're doing with um, Atreus and his relationship in it. Uh, there's lots of good stuff with this story. I'm not saying every beat is rushed. Um, but uh, I, I think there is some really good writing in this game. But I think what I'm seeing is the one-shot nature of everything is hurting some of that narrative development a little bit.
0: Uh, can I also say, uh, with a background in theater, some of the blocking in these scenes are is bad. <sighs> I'm sorry. We should not be watching a scene where we're seeing the backs of four people. I know it's a one shot. I get it. But you have to block with that in mind, with the camera movements in when, mind.
1: Whenever they like zoom in on like a closer like like character's face, I'm like, oh, shit's going to happen right now. <laughs> like I'm always yeah. like, prepared for something to happen. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I agree.
0: I like I'm sorry. And I get it. And I get that you're like and it, it works 90 percent of the time. But that 10 percent that it doesn't, it's like. Oh no! <laughs> hey, like, what do you think the chances
1: are that there's gonna be like uh, a scene in here um, where Atreus is like being like held down, and then Kratos is on the ground, and then I don't know. Let's just say Odin comes in with like a like a golf club, to and like starts walking over slowly mm, to Kratos, mm. um, and then uh, and he puts a golf ball on Kratos's head, like in his ear, <laughs> sure. and oh, then he yeah, just okay. like tees off and, and, and the, like, yeah, they're okay. like really like making I, a joke of it and Kratos yeah. like that was close you know like well what how, what are the chances of that happening
0: I'd say pretty high I mean like I just think <gasps> that's worth building to you know yeah, yeah I do like this is not a, I mean this is just fucking like the first hour and a half um, Uh, something happened I don't remember exactly what the context of this is something happens and Atreus just goes shit and then later they're talking about it and Kratos is like we got to talk about your language here <laughs> and, he's like, and he's like isn't that not wrong like I don't know like not warranted and kratos is basically like is that really what you wanted your last word to be (laughs) yes 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 i love that
1: i love that
0: and it's sweet it's sweet like in addition while there is a lot of the heavy like you know the world is ending sort of conversations going on there are also these like small little moments of like no kratos is still a dad so um and now every time atreus says shit and i'm kind of like oh (laughs) oh is that what you want anyway uh hey that's our show thank you so much for listening to our podcast uh go ahead and join us on discord again link to that is in the description patreon producers the deluxe uh patreon producers jay noll dave parker potentially you getting you know f- 30 minute episodes every single week on hitbox day i don't even remember what we're talking about today but i'm excited to do it you know that i'm excited to do it oh i do remember
1: dead, dead space. space how would you forget out of all the how games I forget? you forgot dead space we're talking about i can't
0: believe that i'm not wearing my dead space shirt right now it's because i wore it the other day uh friday um but yeah uh we're, we're go ahead and support us there if you like if not follow us on twitter at hitbox if twitter's not around anymore discord's where to find us um am i forgetting am i forgetting anything justin oh uh I am forgetting this next week is going to be kind of a weird one, not a weird one, but just uh, not your typically scheduled episode. Justin's going to be out of town. As he aforementioned, he's going to be in, uh, Mexico. Cozumel. Or did Cozumel. you say? Cozumel. Cozumel. Um, see, that sounds awesome. I am jealous. Um, although I was just in California. So like, yeah, slide doors. Yeah. Uh, uh, well. <laughs> anyway, um, next time you're in Cozumel, you just let me know. I'll, I'll get a little plane ticket. <laughs> <I'm done. laughs> do some co-op pokemon or whatever hell you think yeah game is, hell yeah do you think that game just breaks when you do a second player i've not seen anyone i am so about afraid that, <laughs> <but> like, <laughs> to
1: even like try
0: it was rough it's in the like last a, game it, this one i like cannot a 404 imagine error screen yeah, yeah oh no uh anyway uh, uh so because justin's gonna be gone we are going to have an episode next week but it's going to be uh it's not gonna be a news episode we're gonna be taking a look at the uh game awards nominees more in depth and um doing our predictions for that so look forward to that should you be uh interested if not we'll be back to our regularly scheduled show the weekend uh, the week after that so that is again so the that game awards show will be going up on the 30th and then the next regular episode of the show will be on december 7th wow we're almost in december Woo! am i missing anything justin
1: nope you got everything you nailed it 100 10 out of 10 3 out of 10,
0: 10 3 out of 10, Dark Pictures, Little Hope. Or not Little Hope, uh, The Devil and Me. Thanks so much for listening. We will catch you next week. Always remember old games are old. Bye. Bye.